And so what we're really celebrating today is we're celebrating the power of teamwork. We're celebrating that, you know, there's a, and, and, I've, and I've asked everybody to be very intentional about what they're going to share with you today because I've become more and more aware of the, um, the pressure of individuality that is on our culture. That, you know, be all you can be kind of a mentality is, uh, is a very dangerous concept in our culture because it, 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 it makes real, it makes true, it makes valid the idea that we should do things on our own. Now, I'm not saying that we should not be personally actualized, and of course I believe that, that the dream of God inside of your heart is essential and that you need to give yourself to the dream that God has for you. But I believe that there is a greater work that is going on in the earth today as God is trying to assemble the people of the spirit, the people that hear God, the people that are, are willing to give their lives for the things that God is doing in the earth and allow their personal dream, their personal ability, their personal accomplishments to be used by God in such a way that they empower this greater work that he is using our lives to serve Amen. and become alert in your life to things that would separate you, that would cause you to desire that, you see what happens is, is that my life is used in such a way that empowers the, a greater work. I can go and do my own life and the things of my life that empower no other work but myself. But it's just a slight alignment that says, I'm going to allow my life to be personally actualized into the dream and purpose of my life. But at the same time, I'm gonna be careful to make sure that I'm also part of a cog in another wheel, which is part of another cog, which is part of another cog. Because I wanna make sure that these things are producing the influence on culture, the influence on the, 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 the way our world works that is so necessary for each of us as kingdom people to realize in the world today. I believe that we have gone through 100 years where, where God has, through necessity, had to um, begin to define things in, I'm not gonna go into it deeply, but it's been like we've had to let the pastors come into their fullness and the teachers into their fullness and the, uh, pa the prophets into their fullness and the evangelists into their, and the best way to do that is, you know, you, you stick a bunch of them in a room and just let them dream about what greatness can come from the particular gift that is in commonly inside of each one of their hearts. Yeah. Apostolic ministry is not that. Apostolic ministry isn't really anything other than an environment where all of these groups of people, diversified groups of people, pastors think different than evangelists and prophets think differently than teachers. But you're able to develop an environment that can be embracing of all of those, not just embracing like I need to put up with you, but embracing it like I honor that gift. This, you are like so important to the, and then when that apostolic ministry begins to gather steam, it's, a, it's an environment that is, that is all, fi all five food groups, if you wanna put it like that. It is producing such an enormous nourishment into the lives of people who come into that environment where that transformational work that God is bringing into their life can take multifaceted, multidimensional, multi-purposed um, application in their lives. Yes. 
And so this concept of teamwork, being able to uh, gather people who are diverse in so many ways. I was, I was with Bishop the other day. He was having lunch with me, and he was just remarking. He was here last week, as you know, but he was just remarking on the fact that, you know, he had in his mind that we were a young people church. He's always just been so impressed by the fact that there are so many young people here, not just here, but here in the front row, here leaning forward when, when they're in the altar. There are all of these things, and but then he said, what thing he noticed last time that he was here is he, he didn't keep looking at all the young people. He started noticing that there's a bunch of gray-haired people here. Hallelujah. That's what I was going to say. Well, Dude. Cheering oh, cheering me. Thank you, Lord. A wife that supports her gray-haired husband. But see, what he was saying when he was with me, he was at... It, it's like you're, you're, you're building a, a multifaceted, multi, everybody seems to be fu- having fun. Yes. It's not like some people are just putting up with other people or it's just like you're, you're, you're having fun together. Amen. You know, you're, there's all kinds of colors, there's all kinds of ages, there's prophets and, and evangelists, there's teachers and there's pastors, there's apostles, there's music people, there's people that like it loud and people that like it soft and there's... There's all of these things that are going, and everybody seems to be having a great time. And he says, that is the church of the future. Amen. That's the, what it's supposed to be like. Yes. Not supposed to be having old people gathering over here and young people gathering over here. And all we do when we gather is talk about what's wrong with the other group. Uh, that doesn't even sound right when I say it, does it? No. It's this place where we can just have a blast serving God, serving something greater than ourselves, serving something that is going to outlive us and outlive our children and outlive our grandchildren as it goes and creates this beautiful thing of heaven and earth, heaven on earth, all around us for decades and generations to come. How many of you say, you know, that's worth it? How many say that's worth it? Amen. Uh, That takes me right to... Um, Ephesians 4.16, if you have your Bibles here this morning. And the Father's heart is this thing of teamwork, or like the Bible would call it family. Mm -hmm. And that is what's on the Father's heart. And the Bible says in Ephesians 4.16 that he makes the whole body to fit together perfectly. As Mm -hmm. each part does its own special work, it helps the other parts grow. Think about that. As you are true to who God made you to be and you exercise that identity within this family, you help the other parts to grow. Come on, that's so good. It says, when each part does its part, the whole body is healthy and growing and full of love. Come on. That's what we want to be known for as this family that honors and respects and loves one another. We would be known for that place where when you come in the door because of the strength of this atmosphere of teamwork, of believing in one another, you can come here and you can grow. How good is that? That's what each one of us want. And, you know, each of us are going to share a little point about what is one of the greatest things. We come from a very strong family, as you can see. It's hard for us to be up here and not listen to each other. We're all talkers and loud and and strong in our own right. 
but we have a little bit of experience in what does it look like to work together for, like what my dad said, a greater call and a greater vision and not to serve what we feel like is just me living for me, but me living for this greater thing that we feel called to. And, and let me tell you, there's nothing special about our family. What's special about our family is that we, there is something special. We're special. We think so. I think that's what matters. Yeah, we think we're special. <clears throat> Does that count? I don't think so. But there's nothing special about us. There isn't a call that's on our life that isn't the exact same call that's on every single one of your lives. What makes our family special is that at the moment when we could have chose our own way or we could have felt insignificant and had to make our lives about ourselves, we said yes to God and yes to the significance that would come from a life that is completely devoted to him. And so as I was thinking about this idea of teamwork, I felt like the Lord really highlighted this one point to me. And that is that God did not make anyone the weakling or the runt of the family. Think about that. Think about that. You know, in, in, in our uh, Rossi family, our Italian family, there's about 40 of us. And that's a lot of Italians that you shove into my Nona's basement on a regular basis. But when you look around the room, there isn't one person in there that you would say is the runt of the family. God made every single one, although crazy different, God's desire, just like in a family, in this family, is that every single one, it was okay for you to be yourself, and that doesn't mean you are weak. Maybe you're not loud and over the top, and maybe you're not a prophet, but, um, you know, leaning to the prophetic things myself, I always feel like, you know, prophets are great. And my mom and I have these weird conversations, and my dad was calling us wacky prophet things the other day, and that's okay. But that is not greater than maybe somebody who would just prefer to be quiet like a teacher and, and read and study the details of their Bible. There's not a stronger gift or a greater strength in one than the other. The Bible even talks about what if the eye looked at another body part and said, I'm better than you, instead of understanding that each one of us has a place. Now, I want to read this story, and I'm going to go fast, okay? This is the story of the blind men and the elephant. Are you ready? I proofed my story with Pastor Alex before, so it's good, okay? Get ready. It's a poem, though, so pay attention. The blind men and the elephant, okay? It says, it was six men of Indostan who, to learning much inclined, who went to see the elephant, though all of them were blind. Got it? that each by observation might satisfy his mind. The first approached the elephant and happening to fall against his broad and sturdy side at once began to bawl. Oh God, bless me, but the elephant is just like the wall. The second feeling of the tusk cried, oh, what have we here? So very round and sharp and smooth. To me, it's mighty clear. This wonder of an elephant, no, he is like a spear. The third approached the animal and happening to take the squirming trunk within his hands, thus boldly up and spake. I see, quote he, the elephant, no, he is like a snake. 
The fourth reached out an eager hand and felt about the knee. What most this wondrous beast is like is mighty plain, quote he. Tis very clear the elephant, no he, is like a tree. The fifth who chanced to touch the ear said, Oh, the blindest men, they can't tell what resembles most. Deny the fact who can. This marvel of an elephant, no, he is like a fan. The sixth, no, you got, Alex got me. You guys, some of you, you're like, what in the hay is she talking about? This, the sixth no sooner had begun about the beast to grope than seizing of his swinging tail that fell within his scope. I see, quote he, the elephant, he is like a mighty rope. And so these men of Indostan disputed loud and long, each in his own opinion, exceeding stiff and strong. Though each of them was partly right, they all were very wrong. Now, think about that. Isn't that so good? Some of you who need an explanation, Cole's notes version. Each of these six blind guys, all right? I feel you. Each of these six blind guys circle around the elephant and they grab onto one part, one piece. And when they grab onto that one piece, they make a conclusion to say that is what an elephant is like. Now, each of them were partly right. But just like in the body of Christ, the Bible says each one of us has a piece. And the beauty of that is that every single piece is a part of the beauty of who Jesus is. But none of us is all the pieces. When we all put ourselves together, now we see just like if each one would have said, well, the elephant has tusks and a tail and ears and a trunk and strong legs and a sturdy side. If they would have put all their pieces together, they would have seen so clearly what an elephant is really like. And I believe this morning that maybe even in this moment that God can come and set you free. If you've been feeling insignificant or you've been afraid to express yourself in feeling like you don't have all the pieces right. That there's peace in knowing the person next to you, they carry a part of who Jesus is that will cause when we come together to the people around us and to this community, the whole of Jesus would be seen. Amen? I'll I'll actually go right into, um, it's really funny that, you know, in Ephesians 4, just before the scriptures that you read, it says, um, Ephesians four eleven through 13, and I'm reading from the message translation. It says, and he appointed some with grace to be apostles, some with grace to be prophets, some with grace to be evangelists, and some with grace to be pastors, and some with grace to be teachers. And their calling is to nurture and prepare all the holy believers to do their, their own works of ministry. And they do this so that they will enlarge and build up the body of Christ. But then in verse 13, it says, these grace ministries will function until we all attain oneness in the faith until we all experience the fullness of what it means to really know the Son of God. And so it's not until each of us come to know who he is individually that we can see the beautiful picture of who God actually is. And so um, the one point about teamwork that I want to make is this idea of when we all um, when we all come together, we can go farther than we could have on our own. Yes. And, you know, when we think about this, we think of the idea of synergy. And when I looked up in the, in the dictionary, because I'm definitely more of like the teacher than the prophet, <laughs> although we saw a blue jay this morning and both my mom and I were like, oh, what does a blue jay mean? 
Um, synergy means y'all are like, y'all are weird out there. We said we were special people, so that goes with it. Synergy means um, the whole is greater than the sum of its parts. And I looked up, um, I always find one of the greatest ways to understand a concept is to look up quotes. And um, Pierce Brosnan actually dubbed the original, not the original, but one of the 007s. Um, it says, together we are stronger, our voices louder, and the synergy of our actions more powerful. Amen. And then another quote says, when it all boils down, it's all about embracing each other's stories and maybe even finding the synergy to collaborate for the common good. Amen. And um, I, I love this idea of understanding that there is so much strength in who you are and so much strength in who I, who I am. And this idea, like Pastor Jess is talking about, that each one of us have something different. But when we understand, when I bring my strength to the table, you know, I always think about even the, the beauty of the five of us and how each one of us are so different. But when we come together in a moment and doing a project or putting something together, you know, it's this beautiful idea that I don't have what you have and you don't have what I have. But when we can all come together, somehow our cumulative strength makes us be able to go somewhere we never could have gone on our own. And, and I love just tying it in a little with what Pastor Jess is saying. Um, a, a woman, um, a psychologist named Brene Brown, she defines courage, and, and I love it because this is what we've been um, hearing Pastor Ann talk about, and you know, this whole idea of we spark courage and creativity in, in each other to not only just walk ourselves, but to come together and go somewhere. And this idea of courage, she says, courage is to speak one's mind by telling all that is in one's heart. And she says, um, um, over time, the definition of courage has changed, and today we typically associate courage with being heroic or doing a, um, like a, a brave deed. But she said, in my opinion, this definition fails to recognize the inner strength and level of commitment required for us to actually speak honestly and openly about who we are and about our experiences. And when we understand what's in us, God created in us for a particular reason, to come together so that we could go somewhere strong. So I want to read, I have my own fun story. It's called The Goo Story. Um, they all have funny names, but this one's really awesome. So listen up. It says, when you see geese flying along in a V formation, you might consider what science has discovered as to why they fly that way. Do you ever think about that? You watch them in the V and you just think like Mighty Ducks. Anybody? As each bird flaps its wings, it creates an uplift for the bird immediately following. By flying in V formation, the whole flock adds at least 71% greater flying range than if each bird flew on its own. People who share a common direction and sense of community can get where they are going more quickly and easily because they are traveling on the thrust of one another. So your courage and creativity to go after the thing that God has set in you sparks something on the inside of me to continue. Amen. So when a goose falls out of formation, it suddenly feels the drag and resistance of trying to go it alone and quickly gets back into to formation to take advantage of the lifting power of the bird in front. If we have as much sense as a goose, hopefully we have more, we will stay in formation with those people who are headed the same way that we are. When the, when the head goose gets tired, it rotates um, back in the wing and another goose flies point. It is sensible to take turns doing demanding jobs, whether with people or with goose flying south. 
Goose honk from behind to encourage those in front to keep up their speed. Finally, this is amazing. I know, right? We're going to start honking. We're going to be the church that honks. No, no, that is not okay. That is not okay. <laughs> Light City, we honk. Um, <laughs> and this is the most important. Listen up. When a goose gets sick or is wounded by gunshot or falls out of formation, listen to this. God is so, see, God does this. Creation does this. And it's as a community coming together to understand, hey, we're going somewhere. Amen. We're doing buy-in. We always talk about vision, vision, vision. But buy-in to where we're going and give of, of your supply and the beautiful thing that God has put in you. Because it's not like me and it's not like her and it's not like him. But when we do that, it creates like this energy energy to be able to go farther it says finally and this is the most important when a goose gets sick or is wounded by gunshot and falls out of formation two other geese fall out with that goose and follow it down to lend help and protection they stay with the fallen goose until it is able to fly and it, um and then only then will they launch out on their own or with another formation to catch up with their group if we have the sense of a goose we will stand by each other like that isn't wow. that amazing i know wow we so all love say, the goose i have the sense of a goose hallelujah I turn to somebody so turn to somebody beside you and go <laughs> <laughs> well i i just want to kind of piggyback this is not my point but i want to piggyback on what you were saying about us all coming together. I think every one of you have alluded to that. And I think about, um, you know, we all declare that scripture in Corinthians that said, God brings us to, to the place that he desires us to come. And he, he gives, uh, you know, he sends us to that place with the intention of rolling up our sleeves, yes. getting involved, getting to know one another. And I, I think, though, sadly, for so many, you know, as they come in, the enemy tries to, you know, create all of these setups with people where, you know, God's intention is for us to be helped by one another, enjoy one another. But there, there are these setups that we have to be wise enough, yes. you know, to overcome. And, and it's kind of a funny thing, actually, because God wants us to jump in and get to know one another. But sometimes, you know, you may be, it may be someone that's like you that you're avoiding. It may be, it may be avoiding someone that's not like you. You know, like, like Pastor Jess was saying, we don't understand people who are apostolic, maybe are prophetic, or, you know, we don't understand that. So we like to stay to our own. And I said to, you know, Pastor Jess, because obviously they're talking about having another baby. And really the thought came to me. I thought, you know, how much a, a parent who has a first child feels like, you know, they're troubled with this idea of, I don't know how I'm going to love number two. I like love number one so much. And they are so perfect that I don't know what I'm going to do when number two comes along. And so we've had, you know, conversations, something like that. And I think I must have just been thinking about it. And I thought, you know, so Olivia is strong and, you know, boisterous and bossy and all of the things right now that we label in a very positive manner. And then I was saying, imagine when number two comes along and he's a little more, maybe or she, quiet and, you know, soft, you know, soft spoken and maybe not so adventurous or outgoing. And, and then you're going to look at you and be like, Olivia, you know, calm down, Levy. You be quiet, Levy. And, 
And, and you know, how you don't sometimes admire or realize the difference until you're, you're bumping up against it and you learn sometimes yeah. through, like the Bible says, iron sharpening iron, yeah. where when we make a choice to come in, and roll up our sleeves regardless of what our history has said or regardless of what we're encountering. We just determine that God sends us to a place where people are for what we are for. Where people are for us. Amen. And so um, I, I just want to talk today a little bit out of Ecclesiastes chapter 4 verse 10. And what it talks about, basically the scripture says, if one person falls the other can reach out and help. But someone who falls alone is in real trouble. Can you go, go ahead with the video, please? I know I should have cued the video, but lights, please. It, you may need a tissue for this. It's just basically proving my point. I'm sure you've all seen this video, but it, it's just about the idea of, you know, not being alone. How are we doing? Let's turn it up a tiny bit, please.
Isn't that beautiful? Well, well, that sort of gives my point. Um, I, I am thoroughly convinced that when the Bible tells us uh, God sets us in places together as he pleases, as it pleases him, it's not only for our maturing and for our development and for our growth. It's so that um, when we set out on the journey of life, just like he set out on that race, yes. none of us set out to fail. None of us set out with the expectation of falling or making mistakes, boo-boos. None of us set out, you know, picking up some, uh, you know, frame of mind or whatnot that will lead us down the wrong path. But the beautiful thing yes. is that he didn't show up to that race alone. And when you come to this house, yes. you know, every time you come and whether you come and or don't come, we lift you up every single day. We lift you up. You are all in our prayers. Uh, God has sent you here. And so we're lifting you up. We are yeah. praying for you. Yeah. And when you're going through things and you maybe feel like you are alone, yeah. know that you are not alone. Yeah. And then the key becomes, as we know that we're not alone, that we just refuse to quit yes. because we're not alone. Just like he won, yeah. because we are together, we will win. Amen. In Jesus' name. Right? I was refraining from crying. I'm also going to stand. Sitting is too uh, confining for me. Um, so what we did is, you know, we talked about how every joint, you know, every joint supplies that where we are weak, other people are strong. Right? We talked about we can go farther together than we are alone. And we talked about how when we fall, we can have people around us to pick us back up. And the last thing that I'm going to talk about is, is it's so amazing to have people around you who will rejoice yeah. when we are rejoicing. Yeah. Isn't that true? I mean, I feel like in the world, I could go around here and you'd be like, you know, how many people do you have in your life who rejoice with you when you're rejoicing? And maybe, you know, we'd raise up your hand and be like, you know, maybe I have one person. I have two people. You know, then if I asked you, you know, how many people in here have haters? that when you're rejoicing, they're hating, right? I mean, we could like, you know, get me like a legal pad of paper so I can write all the, but I tell you something, when you come to a church and you're around people who honestly believe the way that you believe, who wanna do the things that you desire to do, you get in an environment of growth because how many of you know that when something good happens to you and somebody is there rejoicing alongside of you, it makes you want to do more better because I want to feel the praise a little bit more. I want to feel the goodness. And that's what Romans 12 tells us, that we are to rejoice when others are rejoicing and mourn when others are mourning. Yeah. You know, I was thinking about this and I'm thinking to myself, why do we rejoice, right? Like, why do we want to create an atmosphere like this? And I thought about the story, I think it's in, the, in Luke, where Jesus, he meets Peter on the shore, right? And, you know, Jesus, you know, he comes to Peter and Peter's kind of washing off all of his stuff and he's done for the day. And Jesus says, hey, Peter, let's go out on your boat and you're going to catch this amazing catch. You know, and Peter, who doesn't know Jesus at this point, that Jesus is the creator of heaven and earth and knows everything. You know, he tries to best Jesus and says to him, you know, you know, rabbi, we've been out fishing all night. And, you know, I know better than you. And I know that you think you're having a good day, but Peter's a little bit of a hater right now of Jesus, right? He's like, I know you got a good day and you got this nice big crowd around you, but I, if there's one thing I know, it's fish. Right. 
And I've been fishing all night long. And Jesus, you know, thank God for Peter's obedience. But, you know, then he goes out and Jesus says, Peter, cast out your nets. And we know the scripture says that he gets a record-breaking catch. Now, I tell you something. Why do we rejoice when other people are rejoicing? Why do we rejoice? Because the overflow of their blessing is going to get on you. The overflow of what God is desiring to do in their life, of what they're experiencing in their life. I tell you something, if his brother, you know, or his partners, they would have been haters, you know, which is sometimes how we can feel, right? You know how that feels when somebody gets a promotion, or maybe you know the person who got the promotion you're believing for, you know, you're kind of like, ugh, it does something. But the Bible tells us to rejoice, and the example is that when we rejoice alongside of people who are with us, we get to experience the blessing of God. It's literally like what's on this person. When I rejoice with them, what it does is the blessing that's on them, it jumps over onto me. I tell you, when we're in an atmosphere of teamwork, the reason why I come to church is because I understand that the people who are around me, that they're filling in my gaps. They're lifting me up when I'm down. They're, they're, they're standing in the place so that my dream can go farther than when it could. And I know that when I get around people, when people are experiencing God, when there's an atmosphere of blessing, maybe I don't feel like it. Maybe I'm not doing so good today. Maybe the things in my life aren't happening. Maybe I want things to go a certain way and they're not. But if I can just get around somebody who God is doing something in their life and I can allow what's in me if I can rejoice alongside of them it's only a matter of time before I get to see God do in me what they're doing in them and it's a privilege and an honor to rub shoulders with God's people those who love what we love who are going where we are going who commit their lives in crazy ways like us um, and watching it is the most beautiful thing for us. I can honestly imagine what it looks like to heaven as they watch us run together in that flying V formation <laughs> together, accomplishing great and greater and greater and greater things. Amen. So to you all, can we just give a big applause yes. one more time? Thank you all so much. Thank you, thank you, thank you.